0: Hi, I'm Dave Hudson, and you're listening to Musical World, the place for new musicals on the Internet.
1: Hi, I'm Lauren Kennedy, and you are listening to Musical World.
0: Hi, my name is Ryan Scott-Oliver. I'm the composer and lyricist of 35mm, and you're listening to Musical World.
2: This is Denise Wright, composer of Emerald and the revolution of Loring, and you're listening to Musical World.
3: all right there you are yeah hot diggity long yeah. time no time man how
0: you been i've uh, been good been good been busy but
3: <laughs> that's what us that's what it sounds
4: like yeah yeah dave dave brush is here too hey dave right. how are you good. good 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 good
0: what are you guys been up
2: to <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
4: isn't that always the reaction that's always something a lot
3: of stuff we can't talk about on air I
0: understand (laughs) what what happens in Ohio stays in Ohio
1: that's right That's right. (laughs) wow
3: so you've got a lot going on what's what's happening
0: (laughs) yeah so it's been two busy years it was um it just sort of came into place that um uh, they really needed a show last year up at, you know, they're now called Northern Sky Theater. Right. Um, they needed a show, and I worked with uh, uh, Colin Welford, uh, who's their longtime uh, music director. He's actually, a, like, a Broadway music director and conductor, too. He uh, He's with Billy Elliot here in town, or he just, he just wrapped that up, and he's music supervising sort of two, two like, tours or big productions of it around. Uh, and then... Uh, so we we they needed a show, so we wrote that quick uh we sat down for a week in the fall and worked on it and worked on it over the winter and then workshopped it again in february and in May, we dove into rehearsals and that was uh that was called strings attached it's uh it's it's a play on the old lost twin scenario uh going all the way back to plautus uh or comedy of errors um, right. you know two twins, one's lost at sea, and they both show up at the same place, and nobody knows there's two of them. <laughs> yeah, um,
3: one plays ukulele and one plays banjo is that
0: <laughs> yeah one's a ukulele ma- maker and one is from badger banjos of wisconsin
1: <laughs>
0: <Okay>. um, <laughs> and uh so we had a lot of fun writing that and and then at the same time i, I jumped into a, a show for my wife's theater camp uh good night with a k-n-i-d-h-t right and um that's uh I guess if it, you could be compared to anything, it might be thought of like sort of like 12th uh, night where the girl dresses up as a, a, a guy. Um, uh-huh. But it's really just, it was just, honestly, it was, it was sort of 12th night meets Monty Python. A lot of really bad, bad English jokes. And, uh, you know, uh, just, just making fun of, of that whole genre. So we had a great time with that. The kids loved it too. Um, and then I, I honestly don't know how it happened, but, that last year, honestly, almost killed me, um, and then all of a sudden, uh it ended up that uh, NSD, Northern Sky, said, could be do another one for us in a year, and then my wife wanted another one, too, so, uh, well, you know, here we go again, so... I don't know how, but in less than 24 months, I've written four musicals. <laughs> wow. And
4: and, and and this time man. around for Northern Sky, you brought Paul with you.
0: Yeah, Paul came along. Actually, it was Paul's idea. Paul said, hey, what if we set uh, the, uh, you know, set Romeo and Juliet in the world of competitive barbecue? Um, <laughs> and, and that's the reaction we got as soon as we bring it up. Right. Everyone loved it. So that's what No Bones About It is. And right. I think I think the best best tagline is, is the tale of char-crossed lovers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so,
4: in, so uh, this will be how many shows you've written with Paul now?
0: I want to say it's seven. It's either seven or eight, you know, depending on how you count.
4: So, what is the stand, I mean, if there is such a thing, what, what, what's your process, your working relationship? How does that usually go?
0: Uh, with Paul, it's, um, uh, we, you know, come up with sort of an idea and then I ship off the lyrics and then he sort of comes back right away with a uh, yes or no. <laughs> uh, uh, if, if, it, if it comes, if it takes a while, then uh, that's generally a no that he just isn't connecting with it. Um, and Paul's instincts are very good sort of dramaturgically, so if the song isn't working for him, there's a good chance it's not going to work on the show.
5: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: If, if it's a song that takes him three or four weeks to write, then it's almost a guarantee it's going to get cut.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, um, takes the longest, gets cuts the
4: quickest. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, typically what he'll do is he'll come back and he'll say, hey, like this, can you give me another A section and another B section? And, you know, he'll come up with sort of like, Da da da's. If if something isn't quite there, you know, he'll sing back on his demo, and then I'll fill in the rest. And it's it's definitely a back and forth with us of of how that works. We really compare, you know, compare notes, and uh, we, typically, you know, we agree with each other. And and um, if that's the case, then we know the song's working,
4: right? Um. Uh. Well, tell us about. I think we're gonna play. I guess it's the title cut. No bones about it. Uh, can you lead us into that number?
0: Oh, sure, sure. So that is actually uh, the um, uh, the title song sung between uh, Adam Cap, as opposed to Capulet, and uh, <laughs> and Karen Montague of the two rival smokehouses. So you'll just hear hear Paul on the demo, but it's it's them going back and forth.
2: Okay. Here we are, another year. Another competition Yes, my dear, another year When I will take the prize Don't, my dear me, are we clear? And you can keep on wishing Cause we both know that it's the year I'll cut you down to size Oh, no bones about it My ribs are better No bones about it In this or any town dry will beat the wetter no bones about it this year you're going down you think so i know so ribs i'm a virtuoso you're sadly misguided like last year when the judges all decided i've been working night and day with all my secret sauces And I feel I can safely say the trophy will be mine Now here's another thought How about you cut your losses Be happy with the wins you've got Hey, second is just fine No bones about it Our ribs taste finer No bones about it In this or any town Here to Carolina No bones about it This year you're going down No bones about it No bones about it Our taste better Our taste better No bones about it In this or any time. No, 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 no No bones, bones about it No bones, bones about it No bones about it This year You're good
3: From that, oh, that <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it's, it's
4: the magic of podcasting, <laughs> magic of podcasting. right? Uh, so, uh, I'm curious to talk about Northern Sky and about yep. the venue and uh, wh- why that relationship seems to work. What do you love about them?
0: Uh, well, you know, as I put it, I, I, this is, you know, one with another composer, but this is the seventh show I've written for them in about 12 years. So, you know, I don't know many other writers who have that opportunity right. to have shows workshopped and produced and, you know, done. You know, I think Jane Eyre took eight years right? Um, just on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's great. Um, they're, you know, they, they call themselves a populist theater. They're a big outdoor venue. They can seat up to 800 people. Um, They do family friendly shows. So and, you know, when you think family friendly, you think it's it's, you know, just, you know, sort of fairy tales. That's not the case. But you do have to be very, you know, it's it's sort of rated G to maybe PG Um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you got to know that there's going to be four year olds in the audience up to you know 94 year olds. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they, they do mostly comedies. And that's actually what Jim or not Jim, Jeff was talking to me about uh jeff the the artistic director is they they took a chance on a couple of shows they did a really cool uh show uh with um i can't remember the book writer uh but the composer was denver casado uh they did life on the mississippi and um that it was based on mark mark twain's memoirs and it was a really terrific show but it wasn't you know wasn't a uh you know didn't a uh, rib tickler, it didn't make you laugh. It mm-hmm. was sort of serious. And the interesting thing is a lot of their market is return people. Either, you know, people who just come back again and again or people who, you know, live up there and they came to see it and then their family comes up to visit and they say, Hey, we gotta go see this. But if it's a more serious piece and I think we all do this, you know, if you have a chance if you're just you have one shot and you have a chance to go see something uh, again or go see something that's funny you're gonna go see the funny thing yeah so so you know that and then they did another piece called wind jammers which was again a really wonderful piece uh, about sailing on the great lakes but both of those were more serious and they, they just didn't get the return crowds that they needed uh to you know to help out with their box office I think so, it's
4: interesting that a theater of any kind, but particularly one of that size, that defines yeah. themselves in that populist way and caters to a family audience spends this much time developing new work. That's unheard right.
0: of. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, as I always say, I think they're the only one of their kind in the world. Mm. I don't think anyone else does that. There's 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 other theaters that, that do some new musicals, but that's not their only programming. There's places like the York, who, yeah, they they do new musicals, but you know, a lot of what they do is is stuff that's brought to them. It's not necessarily you know
4: worked there, right? like yeah, mm-hmm. first, right. Mm-hmm.
0: but that's all they do. They only do original musicals. Um, and you know, the interesting thing I, I compare it to New York in a little way is that that, like New York, uh, Door County and Fish Creek, Wisconsin, that theater up there has cultivated an audience that will come to see new musicals. And that's awesome. Yeah.
4: And and, and, and difficult as can be, and particularly for families, yes. even more so. Right. Well,
0: yes. and, and so here's the cool thing about it. They started as the Heritage Ensemble, and it, it was started by a, gay, a guy named Dave Peterson, who passed away just this year. And he started that in like 1971, 72. And, they found this stage in the middle of the state park and they said, hey, can we use it? And they did these big sort of like spectacle, uh, not not really spectacles, but, you know, big historical dramas. Mm-hmm. And then they would weave traditional folk tales and folk songs into those those shows. Mm-hmm. And that did well. And that went up through like the late 80s, early 90s. And then they sort of handed that over to the next group who... Called it American Folklore Theater, and that's really when they started doing true original musicals, uh, and not just kind of more, you know, story theater type stuff. Um, and now there's even the nude name change. But the, the... hang on one sec. <laughs> that's that's my ringtone. Hey, Paige, what's up? I, I I'm on a phone call right now. Um, okay, bye. Um, sorry about that. That's all right. No problem. Uh so the, the here's the fascinating thing is that we have grandparents at least, if not great grandparents, who have been to see shows since nineteen seventy-two. Jeez. And so there's wow. three, four generations coming to these shows.
3: I think I think I've got to plan a road trip. <laughs> now,
0: I, I I cannot tell you you guys have to do it. And and I say it to everyone, there's nothing like it. So you're walking from the parking lot through the woods and they have the pre-show music playing. Um, that's so and, cool. And you just hear the music filtering through and you you walk into uh, the 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 coolest slice of heaven you've ever been to. Oh my now, gosh. do
3: they are they doing uh like it it says your show is Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. Are they doing another show on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday or
0: They're doing three shows. So they're doing um uh this wet? show no bones about it. They're doing uh, a, another new show. They've never done this. Two new shows in a season, but they're doing a, a piece called "Buttered Churns to Gold," which is uh, a, a melodrama. And then the last one they're doing is is uh, "Strings Attached." They bring it back.
4: Okay. Oh wow. But but I mean, in the same week they're doing. Yeah, the same.
0: It's a rep show. Yeah. A rep okay. Company. Okay. Yeah.
4: So um, I was wondering, some how, how limiting or uh, is your writing to a rep cycle, knowing that? Um, uh, the changeover may not be as uh, as large in terms of moving a show in and out as you might like it to be. Do you have to keep that limited when you're writing?
0: So there are limitations. Um, you know, they have a a big uh, wooden stage. You can see it on their website. It's really cool. Um, but the fascinating thing is, uh, so they really don't can't do scene changes other than you know you move a set piece to tell you where you are but the, the the big fascination is they don't have lights until you know nine at night this time of year
4: all right right, all right. that's
0: right if you start a show like, like the early show the the you know the six o'clock show you don't you could they have the lights on but it doesn't matter
4: right of course so
0: in a way though that teaches you really good writing because it doesn't allow you to do a cinematic cut
4: uh-huh, you know, you, yeah
0: you can't you can't do. Uh, the lights go down and change scenes, and now we're somewhere else. It's uh, it's got to constantly flow from one place, one scene to the next, and no question about what's happening. So it actually has taught me a lot about making a, a a show that moves. And then the other part of a rep company is is that they do have a set cast. So you know, I have I have actors that I've worked with ever since I got up there. Um, it, it rotates, but then you know, you you kind of they have to say to you. Well, this actress who's playing this in this other show—you need to use her,
4: or if oh, okay. you,
0: you know, if at all possible, please use her because otherwise they have to hire more actors, and uh, you know, it gets more expensive for them.
4: So, uh, how how much development work are you getting from the staff? Are uh, are they involved at all, or are you handing over a script and they run?
0: Yeah, so we ha- hand over a script, and it's you know, we we, we all of our pieces are commissioned. Which is nice. We get paid, and it's a true commission. It's not a, uh, you know, not a, a again an advance against your royalties. They have a big new work, new works fund up there. Oh, great! So you're commissioned, and then with that commission, it says you need to turn in the first draft with six songs on this date. Then turn in the next draft, and you know, on this date, you know, this this year, obviously, that was compressed. So uh, we started in the fall, and. We were up in Milwaukee in February for a workshop, four or five days, and that's when I get very little sleep,
2: uh, Mm -hmm. because
0: typically what I'll do is, you know, I take what I learned and I will write until two in the morning if I need to, and rewrite the whole show if that's what it takes. Wow. And working with Paul, he's a very fast writer, too, so it's not unusual for us to come out with four or five new songs in, in those three or four days.
4: That, and, uh, that's incredible working relationship. That is. I mean, not only you and Paul, but this relationship with this theater is, is a gold mine.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're terrific. They're really terrific. And, you know, they have an uh, artistic director, Jeff Herbst. He and I are, you know, good friends and really respect each other artistically. So, you know, he gives me script notes. Oh, great. Uh, I've been working with, the same director pretty much the whole time, a really terrific uh, director out of uh, t- director choreographer out of Milwaukee named Pam Krieger. Uh, and she's really good. The fascinating thing, since she's a choreographer too, she really thinks in a linear fashion. How mm-hmm. am I getting people on and off and telling the story by doing that? Right, right. Okay. Um, so, you know, if she comes to me and she says, I don't know what to do with this song, then, you know, She's probably got a reason for it.
4: Absolutely. And that helps feed what you're doing. Right. Uh, we're right. we're going to play two uh, other songs back to back. Can you tell us both about Spice of Life and... Gods of Smoke. Gods of Smoke. That's the other one. Yeah. Right.
0: So uh, Variety is the Spice of Life uh, came about because the, the, our sort of narrator character in the show is is a guy named Larry Fryer, which is uh, you know a play on Fryer Lawrence... Um, and he's kind of a combination of the, the, the friar and the apothecary in Romeo and Juliet. Okay. But he doesn't poison people. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's it's a the,
4: family show. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is.
0: So, so Friar Spices is the, the, the company that sponsors the Rib Fest. Okay. And this song that you're going to hear is really Larry going around to the different... Uh, camps to the two camps and saying, What are you looking for? So so that's that's that song, pretty pretty straightforward. Okay. And then um, Gods of Smoke was, uh, you know, we really felt like we kind of needed a soft moment and then um, a moment before, because typically what rib fests are is everyone gets there, they make their preparations, and then they go to sleep and they get their meat in the, you know, their ribs that have been inspected to make sure they haven't been, you know, pre seasoned or anything. Uh, they can get it, I think, as early as midnight, and then they have until noon the next day to to prepare it. So this is what everyone is saying the the, you know, the night before the, the big show.
3: All righty. Let's give them a listen.
2: Henry VIII, he loved his food, and he salted his roast beast. Oh, Marco Polo traveled far, brought pepper from the east. Now here I am, I have the finest spice you've ever seen. From super sweet to fiery hot and all that's in between. Variety is the spice of life, the spice of life's variety. So choose some spice to feed your vice. With fryer spices, don't think twice. And you can't beat the prices when you use fryer spices. Are you looking for spicy or sweet? We might need some kick to compete. Are you hoping for warmish or ow? Let's go bold. No turning back now. No, you can't beat the prices, come on, when you use fryer Spices. Now once upon a time, a spice was worth its weight in gold. Yes, people killed for mustard seed, at least that's what I'm told. I follow this tradition, yes, my products add such flavor. From here clear out to India, they come for you to savor, the spice of life, the spice of life's variety. So choose some spice to feed your vice with fryer spices. Don't think twice, and you can't beat the prices when you use fryer spices. Are you looking for sugar or spice? Some sweetness, so what's your advice? I think I might have just the thing. So what did our lovely apothecary bring? spice of life the spice of life's variety so choose some spice to feed your vice with fryer's spices don't think twice and you can't beat the prices when you use fryer's spices blueberry this podcast is a member of the blueberry network blueberry no ease. That's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, .com, Blueberry.com. Spoon it up, spoon it up, pour it in, pour it in. We'll find the perfect recipe, and I know this year we'll win. Stir it up. Stir it up, whisk it good, whisk it good, and you know what this time means to me, we will win just like we should. Oh, gods so of smoke, let soft winds blow, make gentle flames. tender but hug the bone May our ribs make all the judges moan And tomorrow let us win the prize Cook the sauce Cook the sauce Mix again Mix again I found a perfect recipe And this can't help but win Check Check the ribs. Trim and fine. Trim and fine. I can almost taste this victory. Yes, the trophy will be mine. Mine. ribs be tender but hug the bone. May our ribs make all the judges moan and tomorrow tomorrow
3: Uh, do the shows run this summer?
0: Uh, they opened last week, uh, so June. You Extreme's know, I think,
3: attached. Open tonight.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they opened June tenth-ish, or a little bit later, and then they close the next, to the last week of um, of August.
3: Okay, so the,
0: the full summer, and it's really kind of it, it coincides with the summer tourist season. Okay. you, know, if, honestly, right, you can right. almost look at you can almost look at school schedules. Uh huh. They hmm. start running when the kids and families start arriving, and then they shut down when everyone's gone back back home.
4: So it's what's really incredible is they also so they're they're only a summer rep. So not only are they raising all this money and doing that kind of work, it's it, with a full staff. It's only four or five months of the year.
0: Well, it's actually more because they have a they have a, a fall season too. Oh,
4: they do. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, they run one show in the fall. Uh, it's indoors, and they've been doing that for a long time too. So okay. they they do run through about Halloween, and then they have a limited. Sometimes they do concerts, small ones, and they a lot of times they have a a Christmas concert they run. But yeah, then the the rest of the year they're, you know, just busy getting ready for the next one.
3: Yeah, we gotta we gotta schedule a road trip. <laughs>
4: we sure
0: do.
3: I'm- I know it's going to be August before I can even think about it, but, uh, yeah, that's well, that that looks is like really a must exciting,
4: do. Dave. I mean, you must be exhausted. That's all I can say.
0: Uh, you know, with the day job, I really am. I really am. It's <laughs> my, my, uh, my head feels like it's going to explode sometimes, right. but yeah, you know, I, I sure am not complaining. Right. Uh, right. You know, right. When, and you know what? And when I, I do come try to complain, I want to just punch myself <laughs> and I think, how many playwrights would kill to be in this position? Right. Sure. You know? right. And I even remind myself of where I was, you know, in, you know, late 90s or early 2000s where, you know, I'd written a bunch of shows and, you know, couldn't beg, borrow or steal someone to even look at them.
4: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. And nobody deserves it more. And we're <laughs> so glad that, uh, that we're able to talk, especially it's, it's been too long. So. Wow. Yeah, far too long way too long
3: and you've got some other things going on you you mentioned uh the good night um what what is the tut tut
0: so tut tut is i'm writing it with a guy named uh denver Casado, and denver's got a a great gig going he um he he specializes in in um theater for young audiences uh you know for kids to perform uh, he has his own place, I would check it out sometime, called Beat by Beat Press, where he's published, I think, at least eight or nine shows. But I connected with him sort of, you know, in a roundabout way. I'd seen Life on the Mississippi, and then we got to talking, and uh, we decided to write together. And uh, so Tut Tut is a, its again, it's a camp show for my wife's camp, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's King Tut meets uh, The Prince and the Popper. <laughs> where where do you come up with these ideas? You know, I, it's always kind of I start with what I want to write. So I knew I wanted to write about King Tut, and then I got into it. And it's a very complex and frankly kind of mature subject material.
3: Okay, you know,
0: like he married his sister, and right. there was a lot of religious stuff going on at the time. His dad had tried to change the religion of all of Egypt, and I thought, you know. A I I can't write about much of this and even if I could, it would just be a very confusing, non kid friendly piece, even yeah. if I censored it. So that's where I, I always say, okay, this is what I'm writing about, and then I look for stories that would fit. And a lot of the time I will start I'll think, Hey, what if I did this or this? And then I'll think and I'll think, Oh, someone's written that before. <laughs> so why don't I just adapt it? You know?
5: <laughs>
4: right. <sighs> yep.
0: As and, long as you and, can get the right. Right. Well, and that's why all my stuff is from public domain material. Right, oh, there you go.
4: <laughs> right, right, right. There you go.
0: And Denver has been great to work with. You know, you can really tell that he, you know, he's written so much stuff for this market. He understands ranges. He understands how to sort of set a song and, you know, make the accompaniment really know, let people know when the melody's coming and all of that. He just gets it backwards and forwards. It's been a great time working with him.
4: And certainly writing for young audiences is is such an incredibly unique genre. Um, I I, I would assume that you have to compose completely differently, uh, lyrically and and book-wise as well.
0: Yeah, you do. You do. You have to. Um, well, there's a couple of interesting challenges for me. You certainly can't, as I put it, you can't go down too many levels. It, you don't write multi-layered shows for you know fourth to eighth graders. Right. It, it just, it, and part of it's also time is that you can't go much beyond an hour for that that mm-hmm. age range. So you're, you're not going to fit in a million variables in your plot. Um, but beyond that, my wife keeps growing her program. You know, she started with, uh, you know, maybe 12 to 15 kids per cast, and we're up to 26 kids per cast. Wow. Um, so, and we give every kid a speaking role.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, man.
0: So, you know, there's the challenge of that. So you it?
3: you know the size of the cast before you start.
0: I do. I do. And you have
3: to write for that size no matter what. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. You have yeah.
3: those uh, outlines
4: beforehand.
0: It is, you know, it's it's funny, you, you know, you, you limitations often, you know, and, and rules help you write.
4: Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as opposed to the backwards way, which is, I'm going to write a show for a cast of thousands, realize I can't afford that, so we'll do a chamber piece, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So you just right. make adaptations, and you sort of have the great benefit of a reverse of that in this situation.
0: Yeah, I really do, really do. So, yeah, and then, you know, one thing I find I tend to do is I, uh, have you ever heard of a really great program called Missoula Children's Theater? Absolutely,
4: yeah. We brought them to Dayton. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so you've seen their shows. They tend to platoon kids. Right. You know, you got a group of, so that's that's one way I write is I always know, you know, like in this show I knew that I was going to have three palace servants and I was going to have four street kids. Oh,
4: there you go. Mm, Sure. There you go, yeah. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the two songs we're going to play from this.
3: Uh, the different life and the flood.
0: Uh, well, the uh, different life for me it was really a fun, fun song to write. It was uh, it's really the dual want song. It's it's Prince Tut and he's not king yet, and at, right after he's run into Seti, who's the the person who looks just like him, and it's them expressing what they want out of life and what what they'd like. They each want a different life, and that's how they trade places. And the kids who sing it do a really good job. And then the the other piece, the flood, you know, the fascinating thing about Egypt up through like the 1950s or 60s is uh, they always had a flood every year. The Nile flooded. That was how they regulated their lives. And they would just wait and it would flood the ground and they would grow the crops. So the flood is um, a, a mentor singing to SETI about the fact that things are looking really dark because they're afraid they'll be discovered. uh, But in Egypt, everything is about, you know, uh, it goes from the worst to the best, and that's what the flood represents.
6: Every day they lay my clothes out And they tell me what to do Every day the same old schedule But I long for something new Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They'll tell me, clean your plate. Every day I must do lessons, study math, and then debate.
5: Alice, get three meals a day and you get to go to school? I'm
6: made to go to school. It's not a choice. Oh, my dirty peasant friend, how I wish just one day I could do what I chose and, God forbid, skip a meal. Don't say. Let me tell you about my life.
5: Every day, I wake up hungry, and I look for food to take. Every day, they almost catch me, and I run till my legs ache. Every day I do some errands for the scribe down at the square, so that he might teach me letters, and I'll gain some
6: Do I get to keep it? Possibly. Would you look at that? You could be me. And you could be me. Here, I have a plan. Let's trade places. You can take my place at the palace, and I'll take your life here. Let's meet back here in three days. You've got a
5: deal. Did you wonder when you woke up, what events would come to pass?
6: You would join the upper class Oh, do we dare? Oh, yes we do! Now you be me And I'll be You! So what's your name? If I'm going to be you, I should probably know. My name's Seth How about yours? They call me Tut. Nice name.
5: Sounds familiar have I heard that name before oh it's coming and off
1: Sutton Foster, and you are listening to Musical World. We live upon the nile, we live at the whim of seasons, we suffer once in a while, but the gods must have their reason. Far away in Africa The rain falls from the skies Yes, far away in Africa The river God replies Yes, far away in Africa Where shoe and not play The waters slowly rise And wash the bad away Like the river otter oh, 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 oh. We pray for the flood to get here, oh, 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 oh. we watch for the rising
3: the magic of podcasting we're back did you want to get in a little bit uh with uh, good night
0: sure we didn't talk about that did we much not, well, not really about, you mentioned we, didn't the, we didn't talk about the songs no no right yeah, yeah. sure so which two songs did i give you
3: uh here i come and the surf song
0: uh, you know let's just do one okay this so with 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 this one the uh I, I really had a great discovery uh, writing this I as I was trying to think of a good song for the, the, you know, the peasants. And then I thought of the word surf, S-E-R-F. Right. And I thought, well, that's, you know, sounds a lot like a, a word we know very well. So I said to Paul, I said, hey, what do you think about doing a Beach Boys number and, you know, playing on the word surf? And uh, it was cool. We just read it, you know, read the lyrics in a reading before we even had the music set and People started laughing, and uh, it went like gangbusters when, when the kids sang it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you picked this one. <laughs> All righty. From uh, The Good Night, this is The Surf Song.
5: We live in ovals, work for dukes and earls. We use our shovels, both the boys and girls. And where we're eating. If that's food at
6: all The life is sleeping.
5: Listen to our call Even though we're nothing We just want to say We've still got style Cause that's the surfing way Surf's up Surf's down There's surfs All around Surf, twist And shout Come on surfs Spin about Though we're right now We will have our day So come on, come on so still out there today. day. All right, all right, let's bring it down a little. We know this isn't a democracy, but if we voted, then our vote would be to live in houses that have wooden floors. And in the winter, we would work indoors, because so even though we're nothing, we just want to say We've got a load of bloody stuff, because that's the surfing way. We need right
1: now we will have a day. So come on,
5: come on, come on, come on, come on, come
3: on, come on, on sis so have a day. Wow, it uh, we we have to get together sooner. It's been way too long.
0: Absolutely, I agree guys. I uh, agree. We gotta get I together agree.
3: like every two shows at the lo- longest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what one? One piece I'd love to talk to you about is, uh, was, I want to say it's about three years ago or so. Um, I worked with uh, Mark Sutton Smith on a really wonderful piece called Off to Olympus.
3: Oh, okay. Uh... Which
0: was set among Green, Greek myths. And that was about the last piece he ever worked on.
3: That would be awesome. Did he do any music for it? or?
0: Uh, yeah, I have, I have tracks to that.
3: That would be so great. I would love to,
0: to yeah, visit great. that. Yeah, and it's a, his work is really honestly stunning. It's it's funny and bright and, uh, you know, pretty amazing.
3: Yep, yep. All right. Well, I'd, I'd ask if you've got anything else going on, but I think you're already too busy to have anything
1: else.
0: <laughs> yeah, right now. I I'm, I think I'm going to sleep next month. Is what I'm sounds, sounds
4: like a <laughs> plan.
3: Well... Now, do you ever get up to uh, Wisconsin to see any of the shows, or just kind of sneak in and watch and see reaction? And
0: you know, I, I get it, it, the, the tough thing with Door County. It's 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 about five hours from here. And, you know, and that's about right on the edge of being able to make a trip and not just totally burn yourself out.
3: Right, um, right. Oh,
0: we'll, so we'll picking gonna...
3: you up on the way through then.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go go up this, you know, this weekend for the opening. Um, and it's great because my folks will be there, and they actually haven't seen strings attached either, so they get to see both shows.
3: That's what I think is cool. You can go up, you know, for a weekend and catch both shows right. in the process, right. and you know, pray the weather holds out.
0: Yep, yep, that's that's the adventure up there. <laughs> yep, uh-huh. yeah, there's the weather, and then there's the mosquitoes. I think. <laughs> they, they like, to, they like to brag that they're the only theater company that gives out, you know, free bug spray before every performance. <laughs> they, have, they have a whole table of off just sitting there.
4: Oh, no kidding. Oh, wow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I guess it'd be necessary. All right, Dave. Well, man, it's it's great to catch up. I'm so glad uh, you had time.
0: All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Well, thank you. It's been great talking to you. And, uh, all right. All, all righty. Right, Have a great one. All right, All right,
0: take, right care. take care. Take
4: care. Ah, right, bye-bye. bye-bye.